Millions of Americans will turn their attention to Capitol Hill Thursday for the hearing pitting a nominee for the Supreme Court against the woman who has accused him of assaulting her when they were teenagers. But with Brett Kavanaugh now facing a third allegation of sexual misconduct, is his appointment doomed? This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today from Capitol Hill to really help parse everything we can expect from the testimony of Judge Brett Kavanaugh and his accuser, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, is Bloomberg News national political reporter Sahil Kapoor. Thanks for joining us, Sahil. Happy to join you. So really, set the stage for us Thursday morning. There's going to be a hearing, a very, very high-stakes hearing that's going to be watched widely around the country where Brett Kavanaugh will testify about the allegations of sexual assault against him and his accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, who is a professor at, uh, in Palo Alto, uh, will uh, provide first-hand uh, account of what she uh, went through back in the 1980s when uh, Kavanaugh was in high school. You know, I saw you on cable news yesterday, uh, on Tuesday, and you said that this is the wild, wild west of Senate judicial wars. How, as a reporter, do you cover all of this? Well, it's certainly a challenge to try to keep up with the new developments, but this has been, you know, an incremental uh, warfare. I, I think that's that can be traced pretty much back to the 1980s with the confirmation of Robert Bork. Um, it can be traced all the way through to 2016 when uh, the Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, refused to let President Obama fill a Supreme Court seat. Uh, there's still a lot of agitation about that, but this is a little bit di- of a different category. This is, you know, the the... the uh, midst of the Me Too uh, movement right now, and many prominent men all over the country have been taken down for uh, a past sexual uh, assault um, and allegations of that sort. And now Brett Kavanaugh is the latest facing those accusations. He is fighting for this place on the Supreme Court. It's enormously consequential to the future of the court. And now we've just learned this morning that he's facing a third ac- accuser. Um, break that down for us. What, what do we know? Well, it's it's uh, pretty recent. It just came out, but um, a, a woman named Julie Swetnick um, has written an affidavit. Her lawyer ha- uh, happens to be Michael Avenatti, best known as the attorney for uh, Stormy Daniels, um, basically recounting what she witnessed in the 1980s as well. There are some lurid accusations against Brett Kavanaugh and, and the kinds of things that he was a part of at the time. They're still being okay. parsed through the Judiciary Committee. Republicans have received that affidavit, and they say they are reviewing it. And Sahil, you're in the Senate press gallery up on Capitol Hill, and we just got some breaking news. The Senate Judiciary Committee released the test of prepared testimony for tomorrow's opening statement from Judge Kavanaugh. What does it say? Well, Kavanaugh has categorically denied the allegations against him, mm-hmm. left no room to say, you know, maybe they were at a party together, maybe, um, you know, he had something to drink, but he didn't do what was described. He has uh, reiterated in the statement that he, I'm quoting here, I denied the allegation immediately, unequivocally, and categorically. The next day I told this committee that I wanted to testify as soon as possible under oath to clear my name. He goes on to say, I categorically and unequivocally deny the allegation against me by Dr. Ford. I never had any sexual or physical encounter of this kind with Dr. Ford, unquote. So it looks like she's going to describe her experiences. He's going to categorically deny anything that happened, and people are going to have to decide who to believe. Well, that's the thing that I don't understand, Sahil, is this is a he said, she said situation. So how will either side of the committee, Democrat or Republican, how will they decide who's telling the truth? Well, it ultimately comes down to a political matter. You know, the, the, um, neither of them is on trial. These uh, senators are going to have to decide whether or not to vote for Kavanaugh and whether or not they have significant concerns about his character that could be disqualifying to put him on the highest court in the land. I think it just comes down to their own judgment. You know, I'm reading the statement myself, and, and there's a part in it that we really haven't heard him say yet. 
Uh, it says, um, oh, I was not perfect in those days, just as I am not perfect today. I drank beer with my friends, usually on the weekends. Sometimes I had too many. In retrospect, I said, I said, I said and did things in high school that make me cringe now, but that's not, who, that's not why I'm here today. So he's going he's gonna to defend himself. He's going to admit that he maybe did behavior that was unbecoming of a, of a Supreme Court nominee but he, when he was a teenager then. So what kind of evidence uh, will he uh, submit or what kind of evidence will Dr. Ford submit? Well, one thing he submitted is a calendar from 1982, which he says he's kept um, all these years, that does not indicate that he went to a party on the day that this allegation happened. Now, again, this is not dispositive of anything, but, <clears throat> you know, one of um, the, the it, it's one piece of evidence and, and kind of a, a much, much bigger pile of evidence. And there is some substantial evidence, including eyewitnesses at the time, including uh, yearbooks at the time that show... Um, you know, that kind of contradict the image of, of you know, a, a good choir boy, basically, that Kavanaugh has portrayed of himself. So by the end of the hearing, it very well could still be very unclear what the truth is in this matter. But Republicans plan to vote the next day regardless. Why? Why, that, why, why are they so expedient on this? They are eager to get this done as soon as possible. They worry that if this hangs, it will be too close to the midterm elections. They mm -hmm. won't be able to get that seat through. And what they fear is that uh, Democrats take over the Senate and refuse to consider his nomination if they're in control come January. So they're, they're very eager to get this done. And again, we're talking about a seat on the Supreme Court that Kavanaugh, who's in his 50s, could occupy for the next 30 or 40 years. So this is enormously consequential beyond the immediate moment. So they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't, because in this modern cultural war where sexual assault is a point of contention with many, it seems tone deaf to Republicans now, even with a third accusation against the judge, for them to be pushing on this and for Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to say, yeah, we 100% uh, plan to get him confirmed. Is this not playing well with voters? It is not playing well with women voters, as you can imagine, especially suburban women voters who are crucial in um, battleground states like Arizona and uh, Tennessee and Missouri, where there are key Senate races happening um, <clears throat> on November 6th. We've seen a dip in the polls among women in, uh, um, you know, who are breaking away from Kavanaugh, who no longer support his confirmation since last month when these allegations, um, you know, since these allegations have come out. Um, it's a dilemma for Republicans because their base is eager to get the seat filled with a justice like Brett Kavanaugh, who they trust, who believe, who they believe will, will side with them on the key issues that matter to them. But it's not playing well with voters, and it's an unusually low level of support he has um, across the nation compared to previous Supreme Court nominees. Is the fact that we now have a third accuser today, is it going to reshape anyone's um, mind on the committee on, on, on voting Republican-wise? Well, it's probably going to lead to a situation where Democrats demand uh, a review of these allegations. They demand an investigation into them. They have um, called for FBI investigations into the two current um, accusations against Kavanaugh. The Republicans have rejected that. So it's a little difficult to see how this plays out. But as of now, the hearing on Thursday between Christine Blasey Ford and Brett Kavanaugh, where they both testify, is still on. The plan for Republicans is to vote him out of committee on Friday to spend the weekend in Washington, D.C., mm. which is unusual for them, trying to get the votes and try to get them on the Supreme Court confirmed as early as next week. You know, I don't think we've seen a congressional hearing like this since um, FBI Director James Comey testified. Americans are really soaking this up, aren't they? They really are. There are polls that show an enormous level of interest in this story. You know, this has a little bit of everything. This has 
um, an issue that is deeply consequential to people for people for a long time. It has a political mm-hmm. angle. It has a sexual assault allegation in the midst of the Me Too movement. Um, it has, you know, it's, there's going to be firsthand testimony from uh, the accuser and from Brett Kavanaugh. So there's there's a lot. Um, to captivate people's attention. And there's even some watch parties, I understand, in D.C. tomorrow. <laughs> this tends to happen when there's a big uh, hearing happening. This happened with James Comey when he you know, famously testified before Congress about his conversations and his relationship with President Trump. Uh, Washington, D.C. has a lot of you know, people who are interested in this sort of thing. So, yes, it looks like some bars and some restaurants are going to be holding specials for it. So what lessons has Washington, has Republicans and the Senate learned from the Anita Hill testimony in the 90s, and, and how is it playing out today? It's a great question, and one of the allegations, one of the um, you know, insinuations from, from Democrats is that not much has been learned. You know, Anita Hill came forward in, in uh, 1991 with credible allegations of harassment against Clarence Thomas. Um, it, she was questioned, and, and he was questioned, by a Congress that was almost, in, almost entirely male, um, the, the one big similarity then was it was also 1992 was also kind of known as the year of the woman. There were many, many women who ran for Congress and won. That is certainly the case. Um, probably at the end of this year, we're going to have a record number of women in Congress. So it, it's really in the eye of the beholder what has been learned. I think society's conventions about sexual harassment and assault have very much changed. And the, uh, the, you know, the kind of tolerance that people have for this um, has also changed since the 90s. Has the White House reached maybe a point of no return with Kavanaugh's nomination. They are going to battle no matter what. Or is President Trump, is there anything that will change his mind? They are very much all in on this nomination. The only thing I can imagine that would change their minds is if there is smoking gun evidence that is irrefutable of um, you know disqualifying uh, misconduct and, and wrongdoing on the part of Kavanaugh. It seems like that would have to be the standard. Um, for you know the White House to, to back off this, but no, they're they're very very much in this, and they want to win this fight. Bloomberg News National Political Reporter Sahil Kapoor, thank you. Thank you. Make sure to follow Sahil on Twitter. He's at Sahil Kapoor. That's a TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F Myers, and you get all your updates 24/7 at TikTok. <laughs>